You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 114, always online. It's Tim Robertson. I'm with David Cohen, and this is Tech Fan. Hello, David. Hello. 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 <laughs> wow, did you see that Disney shut down LucasArts Entertainment, the uh, video game? Now, the thing is, as I'm sure most people went, oh, you know, who cares? Who are LucasArts anyway? Oh, I didn't know they did games, but anybody who's been into video games for more than about 10 years, I think we all collectively sighed. Yeah, but what's the last thing Lucas Arts actually did? Maybe the Force Unleashed. Did I mean, they? Th- yeah, did they? Well, they. I mean, I don't think they even developed that one. I think they just published it. Didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I, you know, I like the Force Unleashed. I thought it was a good game. Oh, it's um, fantastic! I got both yeah. of them. Yeah, I I enjoyed that. But um, but yeah, I mean, people who side are people who remember back in the glory days of LucasArts, you know, when they were doing, um, you know, Day of the Tentacle and Full Throttle, all those point-and-click adventures they were doing, you know, Sam and Max and stuff like that, as well as all the Star Wars games. Uh, you know, we're talking about 20 years ago, but right. 20 years ago, they were, they, you know, you could always guarantee you get a pretty good quality product from them. Then, you know, then they started doing console games and it went down a bit from there. But uh, Yeah, they haven't been, you know, LucasArts Entertainment, that the video game division hasn't really done much of anything that's been great in a long time. So I honestly, I was one of those people that were like, meh. And, and, yeah. and I like the fact that they say they're going to license to allow third party companies to do it. And all you have to look at is because look, Warner brothers has their own in-house animation and, and video game division as well. Uh, I have to do is look at something like Batman Arkham City or Batman Arkham yeah. Asylum. What a good developer can do with a kid. Look, superhero video games have always sucked. They're just terrible, which is kind of ironic because it, yeah. it's a perfect medium for those characters. But yet, for some reason, those video games are just terrible. They always have been. And yet, here's a company that came out with a Batman game that was unbelievably great. Two of them. Just fantastic games. And it wasn't done in-house. It was, you know... Yeah. And it wasn't tied into a movie project, or it was a standalone award-winning game that everybody who played it just loved it. It's 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 fantastic. Yeah. They, so, I mean, yeah, it's, tr- it's true they haven't done anything good for a long time, but, um, you know, except, except the outsource stuff. And, and, you know, sticking with that is probably a, a good model for them you know it's just a shame you know given how good they were yeah but it's before, been forever i mean it's, yeah i, I know which we are talking 20 25 years ago but 
But you you can't I, I you mean, can't cash a check on nostalgia, David. No, no, I I know that. Well, the, the, you, actually, you can nowadays because <laughs> yeah, you can take you can take those old games. You can re-release them for iOS, and as you know, I'm on a personal crusade to get Wing Commander re-released for iOS. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Seeing something like X Wing or the Battle of Their Finest Hour or something like that on iOS would be pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. You know, these are these are games that were really really good in their day, and with a little bit of spit and polish, they probably would still be good now. And it and kind of by you know what's going to happen with all the properties they own that they're not interested in outsourcing. They're just going to wither on the vine. So that's kind of sad. And the other thing is that... But the, uh, the but reason- Wait, hold on a second, though. They've, they've been withering on the vine forever. Well, yeah. But, this, I uh, think by outsourcing, they have a better chance of actually doing something with these properties. Uh, yep, yeah, perhaps. I, it all does depend. It's, not, it's never a lock. It all does depend on the quality of the studio who they outsource to. Um at least, if you have your own team, you're in control of your own destiny. Yeah. I, I mean, look, it, it, it says more about the state of video games development in general, the fact that they've become multi-million dollar large team developments. For me, I think it would have been perhaps smarter to keep the people in LucasArts, but refocus them on the mobile platforms and say, well, let's take some of our intellectual property and do very, very good quality games for, um, you know, these mass market devices that, that, you know, where the games sell for less. Um, and you can do that with a smaller team. And, the, and then they could still continue outsource for the big console games. I think it would have been interesting to see them try and do that. It's always sad when you see something that, you know, 20 years ago was absolutely fantastic and has been in decline for a long time, you know, come to the point where somebody just turns around and say, well, you know, we're done with that. We're just going to fire all the people and close it down completely. Because let's face it, those properties, those older properties are going to wither on the, on the vine more if the studio doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. I think it's just the opposite because it has been withering on the vine for so long. Some of those really cool properties. I mean, I'll give you a prime example. Indiana Jones. Yeah. When have we ever had a good Indiana Jones game? You'd have to probably go back to the N64 days, and I still can't think of one. Well, the the Lego one was good. True, I'll give you that. But again, not LucasArts. No. That was TT Games. So, perfect example of a property that they could do something with. So instead of having a small development team at LucasArts, cherry-picking their intellectual property of which ones they're going to work on for the next two years to release... Now you have 5,000 developers worldwide who can make a good pitch and for a certain... Because, look, if you're an outside studio and you want to use some old Lucas property, you probably have a passion for it. You're like, ooh, you know what? This would be really cool. And let's use Wing Commander as an example, even though that's not a LucasArts property. Uh, I believe that's EA, but I could yeah. be mistaken. Um, a, a really passionate guy, small team, makes a pitch. We want to develop blah, blah, blah on this. And they say, okay, let's do it on spec. You know, go ahead. Here's 5,000 bucks, less than a week's salary <laughs> for the in-house studio. Here's 5,000 bucks. Uh, bring us something in a month, uh, kind of a proof of concept. And they do. And, oh, look, it's, it looks cool. Okay, great. Let's do it. Yeah, you, you, the, problem with, the problem with that, you're very, very optimistic on this. I, it's kind of 
kind of cute in a way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The problem with that is that the way, in my experience, and you know, I've worked on outsourcing projects uh, professionally. In 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 my experience, the way outsourcing tends to work is that the person doing the outsourcing assumes it will save them a bunch of money because oh, we don't have to pay the overheads and everything like that. But what they do have to do to make the outsource successful is to really manage the people they've outsourced it to to make sure that the service they give and in this case this service is development of a video game is up to scratch and up to the uh, requirements of the person doing the outsourcing now the problem problem with this is that they've they've canned lucas arts so there's nobody there now to actually manage that relationship and there's a very good chance particularly with big tentpole properties let's face it there's an awful lot of people who think you could stick a Star Wars logo on anything and it will sell. Uh, it will. Uh, and it will. So, you know, sometimes in that respect, quality control doesn't become top of the list because, oh, who the hell matters? The suckers will buy it anyway. So, um, we'll see. We'll, well see. I, hopefully, we will get continue to get good quality prod, uh, you know, products based on the, um, on the Lucas um, intellectual property, but we may do, we may not. Well, you got to remember it's Disney, and if there's one thing Disney like, it's money. <laughs> and they're yeah, willing to take chances. They really they are. are. They are, but also there's an awful lot of um, lousy Disney properties, particularly in the sure. video game industry. I mean, Epic Minky comes to example, which was just a disaster. It was. I like the concept. It was just yeah, a flawed it was, product. It was just, yeah, but, but that's... <laughs> That's exactly illustrative of the problem. Yeah, but that's Great always going to be the case. I mean, whether it's well. built in-house or outsourced. I mean, that's uh, Epic Mickey was developed, if I'm not mistaken, by Disney Interactive, in-house, and it was not good. Yeah, they they brought an internal an external team though, because it was a Warren Ellis product, wasn't it? Mm, I don't know. I don't know what writers have to do with making a good video game. No, not that. It's not Warren Ellis. The other Warren. I know. Guy who did uh, that game. That game that was good. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired and I'm sorry. (laughs) The, Uh, uh, oh, here you go. You know, we, this fan, this, uh, podcast obviously is about being fans of technology and video games. One of them, mobile technology is another. And, Facebook had a big thing about releasing the Facebook cell phone. Ooh. Aren't you excited? No. Did, didn't you have goosebumps? Oh, I had goosebumps, all right, but not from excitement. You know, Fear. <laughs> pu- putting, putting this aside that it's Facebook, what I did like, and which is a huge problem, for, quite frankly, for Google is it's not just a phone. It's any phone capable of running the software. And, of course, this excludes iOS because Apple would never allow someone to do this to their phones. You download and install this thing, uh, Facebook Home, and it basically turns your current Google phone, uh, Android phone, into the Facebook phone. It replaces the lock screen and the desktop and the way things look and... It it, compl- it it basically kindlefies your uh, Android phone. Yeah, it basically it's a Facebook version of say uh, TouchWiz, which I think is what Samsung has on their phones, isn't it? Or um, 
uh, LG, well, all, all of the big phone manufacturers mostly have their own skin that comes on top of Android. It's only normally it's only if you buy a, a Google phone that you get the kind of the native Google skin. Right. So this is this is a user interface layer that goes on top um, and hooks really deep into the operating system. Uh, it's a very clever move for them. Um, rather, yeah, let's be honest. Say, there's a lot of people that's going to be very interested in this. Those I, people, I think, my wife, for yeah. instance, she she seems to live on Facebook. Yeah, uh, she she's on there all the time. If, That's if her iPhone me. was, you know, Facebookified, if you will, I think she would like it. I think she would use it. Yeah, that that is that is kind of what puts me off about it. Really, is the fact that it will be hugely popular, um, and of course, you know, they're not doing this. Uh, purely for the good of their, uh, you know, their users' health. They're doing it because it gives them, you know, first first dibs hooks into uh, all the Facebook users. You know, as soon as they pick the phone up, they're right on Facebook. Um, who knows? We'll find out what exactly what what usage information it, it captures as well uh, and feeds back into well, your Facebook's Facebook had a, profile. Let's be honest, though, David. Facebook has always been at the forefront of user privacy. They're huge. Oh wait, wait a minute. No, never mind. Never mind. The forefront. Well, of they're they're privacy. they're at the forefront of transparency. Or no, wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and 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 this is the thing. It is a Trojan horse product. This because a lot of people who are into Facebook who don't really think about those things or just assume that Facebook wouldn't ever do something really horrible will go for this, and it will probably be quite successful. <laughs> I think what worries me more about about it is not so much. Um, facebook itself but the fact is that the google are like to respond by doing their own version of this they could but you, you know, know I, I i i've got a, a person i talk with all the time and he is a huge samsung fan now mm-hmm. and he thinks android is so much better than ios which it is if you're a hardcore geek yeah where you just you want total control of the entire device and that's what a lot of people say that that sounds like a great idea, but it's really a bad idea. Yeah. Because you could break your phone in a heartbeat and it's your phone. So I get in arguments with him all the time. He says, there's no fragmentation in Android. Anybody who says that doesn't understand the market. And I say it's hugely fragmented. If you're Google can only keep continuing to go down this pace with Android the way it's going for, for so long before they're going to have to start charging for Android or they're going to have to start taking control of it. Because if I'm a shareholder in Google, isn't it Google's fiduciary responsibility to make money on their products? And if you're just giving it away, look, Samsung made more money with their Android phones than all of Google. Yeah. All of Google. How can you as a shareholder say, yeah, I'm okay with that, that another company is making all this money. Shareholders in that company is making a whole lot more money than I am. Because why? Well, they, well they the argument, yeah, the argument is that uh, Android brings users to Google services. But it doesn't. They really make their money. Right, but they well, don't. That, that is the, the problem. It doesn't at the moment. Right. This is why I think Google's response to Facebook Home will be Google Home. Yeah, Google you know, Plus and which everyone's using. And it's. I posted a picture on Twitter the other day that I that I saw on Cracked, which basically said, "It's the Google search page 
the you know the front page when you go to google.com yeah but underneath it says google search you must have a google plus account in order to use google search <laughs> and i posted that and go wow on my on my twitter feed this was april 1st so I go, wow this is a problem i had several people respond to me not oh that's really funny but more along the lines of really is that what they're doing now <laughs> everyone took it seriously because everybody thinks google one day will probably do something like that anybody you know did you get <laughs> taken by any april fools this year um no there was several stories in the uk that looked like there were april fool stories but weren't <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that's never a good thing <laughs> you know which basically there was one night where a, a police officer who went out to uh, to answer this was probably not so shocking in the US but here it is uh, went out to answer a um a, a robbery call at a, at a gas station when she went round the back of the gas station to see whether the robber had, had run over the fence she tripped over a curbstone that wasn't well lit and hurt her leg and she's now suing the owner of the gas station oh <laughs> And we all saw that, and we all thought, April Fool's, definitely. Definitely oh, Here they come. They're coming for you, David. <laughs> they've, they've heard me talking. That's right. You've said too much. So, uh, yeah. And, and, yeah, obviously, people are pretty... I wasn't taken that. by anything online, but... And this is probably the best I've been taken for a while. Uh, I was in Chicago, so, obviously, if I'm working, I'm going to the hotel after work, unless it's yeah. the day, like, Thursday when I drive home. And I'm sitting in the hotel and it's about 7 30 which means it's about 8 30 back back home and julie calls and she's got the kids on the line and they're making these little mewy sounds like they've been in trouble right and but it's in the background so and julie's like kids want to tell you something and uh cole is kind of making the little mewy sounds and, and brooke says Cole and I were fighting over the Wii U and broke it. Now, they're really good about not breaking things, especially Dan's video game systems, even though the Wii U is kind of for them, not for me. Um, I totally bought it. And, of course, I started immediately thinking how I'm going to return it to the store and possibly get another one. And and they went, April Fool's. And I was like, (laughs) oh, wow. They totally, they got me really good. Like, I couldn't help but laugh because they totally got me. Um, I didn't actually get mad at first. I probably would have eventually, but my first yeah. thought was, crap, how am I going to replace that? Because we just yeah. got a new video game for it, Lego City Undercover, which the gameplay itself is fun, but the the story behind it is really weak and the voice acting is terrible. But the game yeah. itself is really fun. So, you know, uh-huh. what's more important, I think, okay. the gameplay is. No, uh, I, I think... I think the one that the one that I liked the most, while not falling for it, I thought the idea of um, of you being able to get the whole of YouTube on DVD was very funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. So uh, and they showed like you know fifteen trucks arriving outside the guy's house all full of DVDs. <laughs> Which of course is outdated the minute they leave the the. Exactly. processing factory it's oh no uh, you'd, you'd have to get updated every week yeah. that's funny <laughs> i liked uh if you went to bing and searched for google it turned yeah. the bing page into basically the google page yeah. that was pretty funny um but no there's i'll be quite honest though i'm kind of tired of the online april fools thing i almost don't want to get online that day 
Well, I, I mean, I know a few. I mean, like uh, Don McAllister, you know, does screencasts online, who we've had on the show a few times. He 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 normally goes completely offline for the whole of April Fool's Day. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> I, like ugh. It's it's but, childish, and it's you know some of it is really mean spirited. Yeah, but for the most part, I could I could leave it. It's it doesn't do much for me. I don't mind no. the April Fools that you get a person. Well, I mean, what what the family did to you that that is funny. Mm-hmm. I will remember that for next year. Now the <laughs> the flip side of that, me saying that though, was last year. Guy Searle calls me and he says yeah. we need to do something for April Fools on the site. So I just throw out an idea. He loved it. He ran with it, and I actually created the graphics, and that was uh, iDVD for iPad. Yeah. So we've done those, but it's clearly an April Fool's. And uh, But still, I, I could leave it. It doesn't do a lot for me. It, it just seems mean-spirited that you're trying to trick someone. Well, I, I mean... <laughs> I did bear in mind what we were talking about last week. I did see a few comments because Google did did loads of them. There was Google Blue, which was a skit on Windows Blue, the next version of Windows, where they said that Gmail would turn completely blue. Right. Uh, but they had like very professional videos and all this sort of thing, and they had about eight or ten different pranks. So they spent a lot of effort on it, and uh, I did see a few comments saying, "Wow, you know, you could have saved all, spent all that development time and money actually keeping Google Reader going <laughs> rather than." <laughs> Yeah. You know. Well, let's take a break, David. When we come back, we'll find something else to talk about. Hi, everyone. This is Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here with that big yank tank guy. Hey, you nitwit Brit. Did you know the MyMac.com podcast is one of the longest-running Mac podcasts out there? I did know that. Why do you think that is? I think it's because we bring a blend of tech and entertainment that no other show can do. I thought it was because one of us is incredibly handsome. (laughs) Well, thanks, Gaz. I do try to look my best. Yes, Guy. Of course. But how can people find the podcast? Well, they should just go to iTunes and do a podcast search for MyMac.com. So subscribe and get your weekly dose of tech fun. Wait, I, I thought I was the handsome one. Yeah, you just keep thinking that and we'll be all right. And we're back here on Tech Fan. Of course, we'd love to get feedback from you guys. Simply go to techfanpodcast.com, click the Contact Us button, fill out the form, hit Submit, and it will come directly to me and David. And we'll read your feedback here on the show. Um, let's stick with video games for a minute, David, because you sent me an interesting story. It's been posted on a few different websites. I actually had read it, I think, on joystick.com. Yeah. But it was... Go ahead and explain it. So this was, um, there's been a rumor swirling around for a few weeks now that Durango, which is the development version of the new Xbox that's coming, that's supposed to be announced sometime in the next six weeks, I think, that um, it needs to be online all the time in order to use it. And that it will, Uh, if you are disconnected from the network, for instance, within three minutes, it will stop playing the app or the game or what have you. Yeah. Uh, and um, what uh, what kind of precipitated this really is that um, a, the creative director at Microsoft Studios uh, basically tweeted about this, saying, I don't get the drama around having an always online console. Uh, every device is now always online. That's the world we live in. Deal with it. Well, hashtag deal with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is a, I, I hate 
I hate the hashtag. Thing. I do too. Actually, somebody on Facebook posted uh, something, and it was maybe ten sentence or ten words in his sentence, and yeah. three of the words were hashtags. Yeah. And I asked him. I said, "Why do you? Why are you using hashtags?" And he was like, "Oh, I was using it on such and such." And I was like, "Okay, but why are you using them?" They're. I basically said using hashtags is stupid. And he said, okay, I'm not going to use them anymore. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't want to have that much changing influence the internet. on you. But yeah, changing the internet one user at a time. That's right. I can do it. Okay. If you use hashtags, you're banned from the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hashtag so, uh, banned. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is um, creative director Adam Orth at uh, Microsoft Studios. Um, and, yeah, this the problem is is that this is clearly what's uh, – he's now, he's now, by the way, he got so much – uh, heat on Twitter that he's now changes changed his Twitter feed so that uh, you private. had to be you had to be authorized to follow him. Yeah, um, so so it, it appears to be this is the case that this thing's going to need. Well, uh, no, it doesn't necessarily mean that. I mean, it that that's conjecture at this point, but it hasn't been released. No one really knows anything about it outside of Microsoft and a few key developers, obviously. But I think that the backlash that this person got because of his comments and, let's be honest, what happened with SimCity just a month ago, I think that any forward-thinking company, and Microsoft has been a very forward-thinking company the last few years, Um, at least they seem to be, Um, I, I think if this was in the works, I think they're quickly taking it out. Well, we'll see. Um, uh, it, it, the, the the point I was going to make is that it indicates that within the games development part of Microsoft, they don't think this is a problem up until this point. So clearly, within internally, they, this has been the approach they've been planning to take. Um, and um, there could still be uh, kind of the cable company mentality, which is, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, just yeah, like, you but know, except Microsoft, off, you, yeah. you know, take it or leave it because we're the only game in town. Right. Uh, Microsoft may say, "Well, you want the Xbox? This is the way it's going to be, and if you don't like it, tough." Yeah, you know? but I, unfortunately I mean, for them, them there's actually, they could they could charge you sure to, to keep it thing online as well because traditionally you have to subscribe to them to to keep it online. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it would be a huge mistake for Microsoft. I agree. I think there'd be a huge backlash, and I think that if they do release it with the always on connectivity thing, they will quickly have a system update and get rid of it. Um, with a few caveats, i.e. you can't use Netflix unless you're online. Duh. But that's not really what people are talking about. People are talking about, I want to play a game. My network's down, so I can't do my work on my computer, so I can at least go play some video games. Oh, no, I can't because the network's down. Even though I own this thing, I've downloaded it, or I've you know I have the disc, whatever. It's going to be a huge problem. And uh, well, not not only that, I think it's I think it's inc- the whole problem with all of these systems. It's incre- incredibly arrogant of these companies to assume that everybody has good network bandwidth for all these services because a lot of people don't. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people, you know. And why should you be denied having a video game system? Or uh, a copy of SimCity or anything like this because you have a lousy internet connection. Or, you know, you. I mean, ha- how many 
how many Xbox owners are students who live in dorms where they can't get on the internet or there's only lousy Wi-Fi? You know, David, I think this kind of highlights my uh, the bigger concern that I have, which is we only have rich white guy problems nowadays. <laughs> we need to get down I, I, to it. I mean, I think, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let me come back to you. Yes, I mean, uh, yeah, this is the very definition of a first world problem. Absolutely. Screw but those I, Africans who don't have clean water. Damn it! I want to play uh, my my GTA without having to have a fast network connection. <laughs> just, just, to, no, just to be serious about that for a minute. I think you know while that while that is the the uh, the the face the you know the the initial takeaway from that. I think corporate attitudes about how these companies deal with their customers here, I think, I'm sorry, that does color general business attitudes, which does go on to color how all sorts of Western companies deal with people in developing countries. Sure. And I, I actually think it is, I th- you know, yeah, it's very funny to say, oh, yeah, what a, big, what a big horrible problem you have that you don't have enough network bandwidth to play your video game. But actually, I think, Standing up to companies and saying we don't want to be treated like mindless cattle is important if you don't want uh, American companies, Western companies, British companies to then go overseas and treat um, third world countries uh, consumers like mindless cattle. And, and there where you're talking about where it's, we're not talking about an inconvenience or uh, something like that, which we actually could be talking about life and death if they decide to just for the sake of a quick extra buck screw over a whole load of consumers. Well, it also goes to the fact that, you know, sometimes you have these uh, security systems that use VoIP to call in and say, hey, someone's breaking into my house. Well, what if the network goes down? Yeah. Uh, That was a big problem. Now, of course, they're putting in uh, cell backup, but still. It's like, (laughs) you, you can't take it. Look, an internet connection is still not a utility it, no. It's still something that is, you know, more of a creature comfort. It's, it's, my parents don't have any kind of network in the house. They don't have a computer. Yeah. Um, what happens when, you know, they have to have a telephone and it has to be VoIP? Well, they don't have internet connection. So, well, here's another bill that they have to pay, which they claim they can't afford. You know, it's not everybody is as technically savvy. And heaven forbid, you have a family who the parents don't want you to have the internet because it's evil, but they'll let you have a video game system. Oh, except you can't use it. Well, not only that, what happens to people who aren't technically literate and go and buy the video game, not understanding that this is a requirement? Then they get it home, plug it in, and it doesn't work. Yeah, they're stuck with it forever. It's not like stores will take it back. Well, some stores will, some stores won't. But if, if you're in if you're in a rural community, then you might have had to travel fifty miles to buy, to get buy that video game. True, absolutely yeah? true. And then you're stuck with a problem, aren't you? I don't think that Microsoft's going to release it and require an always on. I think that they're going to quickly see um, that's not feasible. I do think that it's going to require at least some form of network connectivity because they're going to want you to create an xbox live account you're not going to be able to play it without an xbox live account whether it's a free one or a paid one and that's going to require connecting to the internet at least one time to create that account so they could tie your content that you may purchase online or offline to that account 
that's what I think a lot of this is driving. Um, yeah, but but, that, but the, I, again, the current one, the current one does that, and yet you can still use it without being online. You, well, yes and no, because here's a prime example. I finally pulled the hard drive out of my classic Xbox and put it in my well Xbox 360, the white one, and put it in the newer black arcade machine. And it worked great. It saw the hard drive. Everything was perfect. Yep. It has Internet Explorer, so I downloaded it here at home. The whole point of all this was so I could take this Xbox with me to Chicago so when I'm stuck in my hotel room, I could play some video games. Yeah. I could done I could have done that anyways, but with the hotel Wi-Fi you have to sign in. I.e. you need a web browser to do that. Well, they have Internet Explorer now, so I figured it shouldn't be a problem. Well, it was a huge problem, and I still can't sign into it. And that meant I couldn't play any of the downloaded content from my games. Couldn't be done. And I thought that was kind of BS. I purchased it. It's on the hard drive. I'm yeah. clearly logged into my Xbox account on my hard drive, but I couldn't play the stuff that I paid for because no network connectivity. This is the evil of digital rights management. Mm-hmm. I, by the way, I can solve that for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned you remember a few weeks ago I talked about this iBook G3 I got. Yep. One of the problems I have with that is that the airport card in it is only supports um, web, which is pretty much deprecated now because it's so insecure right um so i don't use web to encrypt my home network i use wpa2 and the airport extreme uh, the airport card in there just won't talk wpa2 so if i want to get it on wireless i need something else so you can buy now a um a, a router from um d-link that actually has it's, it's basically it's like a travel router has a little battery in it so it'll actually run um independently without having to plug it in what that lets you do um is it's capable of logging on to another wireless network and then sharing that wirelessly to you. Yeah, that would be so, great. But so uh, what, yeah, so so, so but but and and but you can use that then. You could use that in your circumstance to log that onto the hotel Wi-Fi, but then share a separate Wi-Fi connection to your Xbox or a wired connection that would allow you to go through the hotel Wi-Fi without having to worry about the logging on process because you'd have done it on the router. The router has like a web interface to let you do that. Right. So that'd be that nice. would solve your problem, but you know that's probably a fifty dollar purchase. Right, and I and I'm not interested in using the high the the hotel Wi-Fi to play multiplayer games no, or to download not. content just to verify. Oh, yep, you you have permission to use this. So could you lock it on at home and then turn it off and then take I, it? I did that. Yeah. And as soon as I put the new hard drive in, all the downloaded content. At least the in-game purchase stuff said, "Oh, well, you're not on the same machine, so you're going to have to re-download it," which I did, and it worked. So I thought, "No, oh, I should be golden now." Well, nope, yeah. didn't work that way. So I'm I'm a little disappointed now. The easiest, easiest way, of course, would for me to turn on, but this would make me that I would have to buy the hotspot thing with my uh, with my iPhone, so I can share my iPhone's connection and yeah. just connect to that. But it, it's it's really about how crappy the Xbox is when it comes to network connectivity. It never gives you the option of putting in a username and a password. It only asks for a password. So it doesn't understand the concept of hotel Wi-Fi, that you have to go through a proxy to get there. And uh, 
It's disappointing. Fact, I, but... Yeah, I had a similar problem the other day with mine. I turned mine on, and it asked for my um, my Xbox Live my Xbox password. Now, I must have I well I will have set it up when I first got the Xbox, but that was like two and a half years ago. I've never had to put it in since. Yeah, neither did I. I actually had to go to <laughs> Xbox.com. Microsoft's uh, yeah, uh, website and figure yeah, out what it was. Figure out, yeah, exactly. It was the same same deal. And I'm, but I'm thinking, why is it suddenly asking me for this? I just want to play a game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I had no idea. Yeah, I had the same problem when I did the hard drive swap because I had to sign into it, and I I thought I was right with my uh, with my username, and I was with you know the email address associated with it. But that's is, uh, I didn't know what the password was. <laughs> I actually guessed correctly. When I was on yeah. their website, I tried to sign on, and the second time, I put a password in, and it worked. So I was like, ah, well, turn around to my Xbox and did it, and I was good to go. But it was still like, what? Come on, really? Why are you making me jump through hoops here? And you're right. We we have to push back against companies that try to make us jump through unnecessary hoops with the whole, well, it's so nobody steals content. Well, you know what? This isn't going to stop people from stealing content. They're going to steal it regardless whether you want them to or not. All I have to do is jump on the internet, figure out how to, you know, download games for free using some kind of a torrent site and finding out what I have to do to my Xbox to make it see backup games that I burned. Yeah, but I, I, I have a hard time thinking that that is a huge, huge problem. Because it's you're talking about quite a lot of technical effort there to be able to use torrented games on an Xbox 360. I'm I'm fairly technical and I have no idea how to do that. And I don't really. Well, but you've never looked re- into it either. No, though. no. But but I don't I don't really fancy putting the effort into trying to find out how to do well, it. Well, what they're trying honest. to do is they're trying <laughs> to avoid what happened to the music and movie industries over the last five to ten years. That's what they're doing. They don't want to go the same way as the music industry. And I understand that they're that they those are legitimate fears, but the only thing that they're really putting into place to combat that is stuff that hurts their legitimate users and their legitimate customers. It's still not doing anything to slow down piracy. It's just not because if you're that much into piracy, then you're going to get around it easily. And if you're not into piracy, this is just yet another thing that they're throwing up in your face to piss you off. Yeah, at least that's the way I see it. No, I, I definitely agree with you. I, and we, we've talked at length on this podcast about how the online thing is nasty, nasty, nasty. You know, and and it will it will open up the market to other other solutions that don't require that. Let's hope so because it, it's unsustainable. You can't keep treating your customers like crap and expect to be in business for long. But there seems to be an exception over the last, let's say, ten to fifteen years that companies could act in the worst possible way and there's no repercussions. And I'm not just talking about the banks that stole so much money and blah, 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 although that's a problem itself and a whole different discussion and probably not one appropriate for this podcast. I'm talking about companies like EA that have done so many bad things and yet they still have number one games all the time. I think the bigger problem, David, isn't how the customers treat people. It's the sheep mentality of, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's going back to what I was saying before. It's like the cable company. Yeah. The, the cable company 
treats you badly because they can, <laughs> basically, because effectively it's an oligopoly. Yep. They they all get together. They all kind of offer the same sort of services at the same sort of prices, um, and uh, they're all pretty much the same. So there's no incentive to move from one to the other, uh, and they're all as bad as each other. And it, and it basically is self-sustaining. Then, but so it hasn't to- it always been this way though? Not just with the cable companies, but in general, cars, uh, well, like- automobiles, generally all price the same. Now you can get the real cheapies and the real expensive, yeah. but for the mainstream. They're all around the same price, and they always have been, right? Houses, same thing. Yeah. Appliances, same thing. Televisions, same thing. It's always been like that, going all the way back to the 40s. You know, there are a few enterprising companies. um, Vizio comes to mind in televisions. that They're going to give you a good quality television, and it's significantly cheaper than the other brands significantly. Yeah. And they've made huge headways in the television market because of that. All you have to do is look online. You see a Panasonic for eleven ninety nine and a comparable Vizio for six forty nine. Well, <laughs> what's the difference? They're both getting high marks in the reviews. The Panasonic has a few more features that nobody in their right mind ever really cares about. And it's half the cost. Why wouldn't you go that route? And many the, people are. The problem. The problem is, is that is that when you have effectively on the quiet collaboration to keep prices up um, among most suppliers, then um, unless unless regulation intervenes, then it's going to stay like that. Right, and then you get all you the know. people screaming about government stay out of my life. Well, you know, about about twelve years ago in the in the UK, it became apparent that our car prices were substantially higher than they were on, on the rest of Europe. And there was no good reason for that. Um, and there, there, there became quite an established grey market of people importing cars from the continent. Because even buying a car in France and then having it shipped over, and there was no tunnel in those days, so it was literally shipped over from France to the UK, was still cheaper than buying it here. Yeah. And uh, eventually um, the uh, regulatory authorities looked into it and they found that there was price collusion going on and they put a stop to it. And overnight, the price of cars dropped by about £5,000. Yep. Yeah. But it, it took it took that... You, you can't rely on businesses to self-regulate when uh, they're all basically, um, you know, taking the same profit margin. Yeah. Because who's going to be the one who's going to uh, cut off their nose to spite their face and say, oh, we're, we're going to uh, pass this saving back onto the customer and drop our prices? Uh, and not receive that money when everyone else is getting more money. But they would be smart if they did because they would acquire a lot more customers that way. But none of them are farsighted enough to see that. Despite the fact that that we live in supposedly capitalist countries, capitalism only goes so far. And, you know, market economics, which the idea is... the idea of capitalism is great, but the practice of capitalism is pretty evil. A lot of people don't have a lot of faith in it, in in that market economics will allow the best value product to win. You know, uh, and um, but unfortunately, and, that's just not the case. Well, it shouldn't be the case. I mean, it should be the case that that the, the it should be the case that the company that doesn't rip you off does better than everyone else. Right. That's what I'm saying. That that. Yeah. But that's not the case. I mean, hell, all you got to do is look at the computer revolution back in the '90s and see that Macs were f- far superior to PCs, but yet PCs sold a whole lot more. Yeah. So, you know. 
I don't know. It's there's a there's a medium in there somewhere, but I don't know we as a world will ever get there. And again, rich white man problem. <laughs> <laughs> So let's take our last break, and uh, David and I will be right back. I got a bad feeling about this. The App Minute Podcast, your one stop for reviews of iOS apps and Apple-related gear. I like the sound of that. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Join us on the App Minute Podcast on the Stoplight Network. Even Han Solo thinks we're cool. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. What? Count me in. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? No! Last segment, tech fan number 114. I am Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen. And it's been a short three years, David, and it seems like a lot longer, but it's only been three years that the Apple iPad went on sale. And wow, what a different world we live in now, technology-wise, since then. I, I, when I found this out the other day, I could not believe it was only three years, because it seems like tablets have been with us for much longer than that. Well, they have, but nothing no. that, that was as popular but- and mainstream and people actually wanted. Because, look, yeah. Microsoft's had tablets for 10 years. But let's face it, the iPad came along and, and turned tablets into into a real thing yep. rather than a technical exercise. Yep. And and I I would have, if you'd have asked me without me checking, I would have, and, and with you know, without thinking about it, just answering off the top of my head, I would have gone, oh, four or five years maybe, because that's what it seems like. Yeah. And to imagine that before the iPad came along, you know, netbooks were the thing, and laptops were the thing, and you know, uh, you you didn't have really have these. I mean, even even with the iPhone and the iPod Touch, you didn't have these big computing, completely touch um, devices with a, a, a completely soft interface uh, at all. And to and since then, we've had. You know, not only the iPad, but then Amazon's got in the game with the Kindle Fires, uh, and uh, you know Google's got in the game with the Nexus and all those sort of yeah, things. Yeah, but it's, it's still a- an iPad world. I mean, even it, it three is. years later, nobody even comes close to the iPad. Now, obviously, I, I work for an Apple reseller, and that's good news for me. But I do still believe there needs to be another one out there that's approaches the popularity of the iPad simply for innovation. But by the same token, it, it, it's hard to believe that it has been only three years because can you name another product? Well, I can iPhone, but can you name another product that came in to a market and just took it over just without yeah. question became the leader and it's everywhere in pretty much every nation. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, it, it changed an entire industry. And, and Obviously, it, and the iPhone did that as well. But yeah, and yeah, and, it, and the, let's be honest, the iPhone had a much harder time of it, much definitely. harder because the iPad came out to a market that pretty much didn't exist mm. and took it over. Whereas the iPhone came out, and they had to compete with ninety-nine cent cheap flip phones. How do you do that with a five hundred dollar phone? 
Well, <laughs> they did, and they yeah. succeeded. Uh, yeah. But yeah, three years, man, that's crazy. I, yeah, it, it is, and and um, you know the the thing the thing with the iPad is that it's still this situation, unlike unlike the phone market, where you know, I think everyone, even the most ardent Apple fan, would now accept that um, Samsung is a serious. It's a small competitor compared to the iPhone, but it's still a serious competitor to sure. the iPhone. Yeah, uh, and you know everyone pretty much accepts that now the smartphone market is between Apple, Samsung, and everyone else. Yeah, well, but, currently. Yeah, but uh, uh, but on, on the tablet side, there's you, nobody. Android has n- has not received that sort of traction at all. No, nothing. There is the, the iPad completely and utterly dominates. And yeah, there are other competitors, but you know, you just don't see them around. No. They're there. They're for sale. People do buy them, but you know, they are they are very, very much the minority. And that that may change. But I don't at the moment, I mean, even Samsung's tablets aren't well regarded in the no. in the in the tablet market, you know. You know, the um, thing is Microsoft it's still a, a year away from the surface being a true platform that you can kind of invest in, but there's some things that the surface does and that Microsoft is just completely ignoring in all of their stupid marketing for the device that could get it some traction. For instance, uh, if you're an artist, you could use the surface in a way that you can't use the iPad because yeah. Uh, what's the uh, term? The um, the screen. Yeah, the uh, uh, it's it's uh, pressure sensitive. Thank you. I was completely yeah. drawing. It's a pressure sensitive display, which for an artist is a much better option. Actually, it's a better option all around because imagine games with pressure sensitivity rather than just touch. Yeah, it's I think better I think, technology yeah. and you Microsoft. Go ahead. You want to get that pressure sensitivity with a with a stylus, though, don't you? You don't right. get it with a finger. Correct. Yeah. But uh, it, it's a huge advantage over the iPad. Nobody knows about it. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody knows oh, about it. I was you. talking to this person who who does artwork for a living, and I mentioned that, that it does this, and she's like, "Really? I might have to actually go look at one now." And I'm thinking, "Why doesn't Microsoft capitalize on this?" Hello. You know, you know, I don't understand this strategy. If you if if you're outside of London, the UK, um, you wouldn't even know the Microsoft Surface exists. And if you see the ads, it's all about clicking a keyboard onto it. Really, but, that's your marketing. The, yeah, but they don't really advertise it outside of London. Yeah. That's the thing. You see billboards, you see uh, cinema ads, and stuff like that. In London, you don't see them anywhere else. You can't buy them anywhere else. Well, that's a third world country, so I understand. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, who wants to surface? We're, it's an we're island, too, David. Come we're, on, we're, we're too busy trying to get clean water. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, it's 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 a non-product here. You guys are too busy digging up old kings out of parking lots. Don't get me so you know, not, you know what the weird thing about this, and this tells you everything about this, about the world we live in now. You want to talk about uh, first world problems? So they found the guy. He was buried near where he died in battle in Leicester, which is about 150, 180 miles from where he's from, which was York. So now Leicester and York are arguing about where he gets reburied. <laughs> 
because the Yorkists say, well, he was from York, so we should have him here. And the Leicester say, well, he was found here in Leicester, and we dug him up, so we're going to bury him here in our cathedral. And, it, and the thing is, it's not about what's the right thing to do with his poor dead guy's bones. It's about who can make the biggest tourist attraction around his bones. Sure, of course. Welcome to capitalism, David. So what they should <laughs> do is they should dead. split skeleton right down the middle. That's right. Half of it in York and half of it in Leicester. Well, it'd be a a, a good uh, biblical lesson. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Applied to modern commerce. That's right. And then what, what you will then find is that to to visit the king in York, you have to be online the whole time that you're in the. <laughs> That's uh, right. In the tomb. <laughs> um. It, it's. <laughs> Yeah, I don't get Microsoft's strategy. I don't think they even realize what they have on their hands. And I still think it's a product that's a year ahead of its time. The The battery's terrible on them. Um, it's not a mature platform yet. It still has schizophrenia. Um, but that being said, a year from now could be a totally different story. And if Microsoft is smart, they'll be patient and they'll let it mature to become a true competitor to the iPad. I think I think that is probably the best thing that Surface has going for it, is that, you know, if you look at uh, the Xbox as a prime example, you know, um, Microsoft is really prepared to put a lot of financial skin in a game to see it come to the point where it becomes successful. Yep. You know, and they will sit on something five, six years until it takes off. Um, whereas obviously, you know, many competitors, uh, Touchpad's a prime example, you know, they threw in the towel very quickly. HP, yes. Um, uh, you know, Blackberry with the playbook, they've got their own problems. Um, and, you know, gra- actually, gra- as great as the playbook is, um, I'm not sure whether they're actually still manufacturing them, even at the cheapest price. I think they might have stopped making them now. Yeah, but so it's, even though, it's Blackberry, even they, so who cares? Yeah. But that being said, it's funny we're talking about the complete dominance of this new industry by Apple and the iPad. And there's still no true competitor to it. No. And isn't it interesting as well that you have all these uh, financial articles going on saying, oh, Apple's lost its way. They haven't done anything big recently. You know, they haven't right. re-entered a new market and everything. And it's like, well, it's only three years since the iPad came out. Yeah. And it's been, <laughs> what, seven since the iPhone? Yeah. But I mean... Only- only three years since the iPad came out. How often are they meant to reinvent an entire industry? <laughs> in, in, in the last in the last decade, they've completely captured two distinctly different markets with two products that there was nothing else like them, and they're dominating those two markets. What has Microsoft done? What has Google done? They, none of these companies are are doing this to the extent that Apple is, and yet for some reason. I will say unfairly, Apple's held to a higher standard. Like, they have to do this every 18 months, or they're a failure. Um, But it's easier to write that the person on top is in trouble, and that the underdog is the one to watch. That's a much better story, as far as a journalist is concerned, to write. Much more interesting than, oh yeah, the one that's on top that's killing everyone? Yeah, their products are just so much better and uh, their consumer rating is the highest. It's, it's they're just kicking butt. And yeah, just keep buying iPads because they're awesome. You know, they they yeah. want the story. They all want to write the next Rudy, if you will. And uh, <clears throat> they play fast and loose with facts, 
And it's it's sad that they do that, but I think it's true nonetheless. Yeah. So, you know, always read what you're reading online or in the newspaper or hearing on the television with a grain of salt. I mean, my local news station here in West Michigan ran a story. Apple's planning to release a television, the the ITV, in the next 12 months. The remote control, it's a ring you'll wear on your finger. And I'm sitting here, and they're reporting this like, <laughs> yeah, we know this. This is happening. And I'm, I'm watching it. I'm going, are you stupid? Who approved this? Why would you report this? You're reporting what. on fantasy stuff. I'd pay good money for a ring you, mode. You may as, may as well have a a news story about Yoda's going to visit Cedar Point and, and sign autographs. I mean, they're yeah. out of their mind. I couldn't believe it. Well, I, I mean, it has come down to the point. If you can find somebody who claims to have some provenance to say something, then that is a story. So, you know, there's no follow-up, there's no um, there's no second sourcing, there's anything like that. If you can find somebody who supposedly is an expert and get them to say something, then you can report that. Well, I just need to get my store <laughs> open here in Kalamazoo, Michigan as soon as possible and then offer all the different television networks me as an expert if they want to do anything on uh, about I, Apple. I, th- I think you could sell an Apple TV. You could buy one of those cheap Vizier TVs. Stick an Apple TV Stick in an it. Apple logo on the front and then say to them, there it is. There it is. And look, it, it works with my iPhone. <gasps> it's magic. How do they do yeah, that? Then, then, then give them a, do this for April Fool's, then give them a plain ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when they fiddle it, you, you're there with the remote yeah. changing the channel. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Okay, I want you to just to say out loud what channel you want to watch. Yeah. 233. Oh, look, it did it. <laughs> oh, in fact, even funny to say that the, the TV knows what you want to watch, and you just put the ring to your head, and it will change the channel to whatever you want to watch, and then you get the guy to put the ring to his head, and then you flip it, and porn comes on. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. So uh, with that, we're going to wrap up episode 114 of Tech Fan. We'll be back next week with another episode. Again, we'd love to get feedback from you guys. Go to techfanpodcast.com and uh, send us feedback that way. Or you can send it to Tim at MyMac.com. David is? David Cohen at MyMac.com. And we'll get your email. We could set up at techfan.com, by the way. Maybe I'll do that soon, and I'll just auto-forward it to our other addresses. Yeah. Because, kind of, you know, we're saying, oh, tech fan, tech fan, tech fan, and the email is at my Mac. <laughs> so maybe we should set up a at techfan.com email address. Do you think we have the technology for that? Yeah, I'll be Tim at techfan.com. You could be David at techfan.com. Okay. But I'm lazy. It'll take me five minutes, and I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to do it. All right. So everyone who wants that has to write to Tim. Yes. At mymac.com. And say, stop being lazy. (laughs) If I get five people that write in to Tim at mymac.com to say, stop being lazy, then I'll do it. If I don't, (laughs) if you guys don't do it, I'm not going to do it. I'll keep bugging you about it. Well, you're assuming we have more than five listeners. We got four, but I figured one of them could get someone else to do it too. Fair enough. (laughs) David, it was fun. Speak to you soon. Thank you.